quick shout out to RJ Barrett, who, despite the Knicks being a mess, he's looking good both on and off the floor. Bashing game has been money lately, and that's because the potential rookie of the year has been wearing Indochino since draft night to all the tunnel walkouts and other events. They've all been Indochino suits and blazers. I'm a funny-shaped guy. I use Indochino. I can never find a shirt that fits me right. Pants always too long. Shirt always too long. Baggy sleeves. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings, RJ helped pick out and design himself. Right now, you can get 30 bucks off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear anything that doesn't fit. Welcome to the lottery. I'm John Wasserman, lead NBA draft writer for Bleacher Report. This week's podcast episode is being brought to you by Indochino, custom menswear, and Roman. So, no guest this week. I kind of want, I just had a lot of conversations with NBA scouts. I figured it was one of those times to make my my round of calls and and gather uh, first impressions, thoughts, ideas, kind of see the variety of opinions out there or whether everybody kind of thinking the same thing this early. And, you know, there's also been, there's been a lot of pretty fascinating performances and more positive than negative, like better than advertised players. I mean, I feel a lot better about this draft and maybe I shouldn't this early, but I feel a lot better about this draft, the 2020 draft now than I did just, you know, a couple of days before the season. You always try not to make knee jerk reactions but uh, sometimes certain guys are just so convincing. And uh, to see these, some of these 18, 19-year-olds get off to such fast starts, such productive starts this early is really promising because obviously usually you know you, you start lower and kind of get better as the season progresses. But anyway, so I just got off the phone actually literally just like a half hour ago, but also uh, throughout this week uh, with a handful of NBA guys and uh, we got to start on James Wiseman. You know, of course, the eligibility thing is is uh, is weird, um, and it's really annoying. I'm just at this point, aren't you just so sick of these eligibility problems, uh, keeping guys out? I mean, it's cool to see what Memphis is doing right now, playing him while he's ineligible. I've certainly never seen that before. I don't know how long they're going to let it go for. Um, the hearing is Monday, but I'll tell you this. Scouts sure want to see him play. This isn't one of those Zion Williams situations where he hurts his ankle and everyone's just like, shut it down. We already know how good he's going to be. We already know he's the number one pick in the draft. There's a lot of varying opinions on Wiseman, and everybody's eyes were on that Memphis-Oregon game on Tuesday night. I know there are a lot of high-ranking executives from around the league in attendance, not just scouts, but... Uh, you know, G, uh, all the way up to GMs, assistant GMs. Those guys made that trip out to Oregon, and within, of course, five minutes, Wiseman picks up two, I'd say, pretty weak fouls. I mean, if you didn't call those, you wouldn't. Nobody would put up a fight 
if the refs let them go. And it took Wiseman out of the game. Honestly, it also kind of created some wiggle room, some excuses for him in case um, he, he wasn't the, the guy everybody thought they were going to see. You could say, oh, he missed the first, the last 15 minutes of the first half and, and never was really able to build any rhythm or confidence in the game. Um, so, you know, of course, I kind of knew this would happen. I called my, my number one guy, um, somebody who, whose opinion I, I really value when it comes to evaluating someone with a tremendous reputation around the league for a long time. And uh, he's, he's like me. He still says, I still got uh, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Lamella Ball. Those guards, those guys are, are in another class um, above Wiseman on his personal big board. And then, of course, I just got off the phone with, with an NBA scout who thought he was tremendous last night. Um, or not tremendous. It was not the word he used. But uh, he, he kind of gave me the rhetorical questions of uh, how many how many minutes did he play in the first half? And I say five. And he say, what did he finish with? And I'm like 14 and 12. He goes, 14 and 12, he played half the game. Well, I'll let you know what I thought about Wiseman against Oregon, who didn't have a player above six foot nine. And I'll tell you what this, this scout saw. And he kind of saw um, more positives than me. He kind of looked at the game through a uh, glass half full. Whereas I let certain things bother me. I mean, I guess I'll leave it up to you to, to decide whether or not I should put stock in some of the issues I saw. Now, of course, uh, yeah, two fouls in the first five minutes takes him out of the game. Honestly, I'm so sick of these coaches not letting players play with two fouls. You get five. Let them play with two. Not to knock on Penny. Everybody loves Penny. But every coach uh, sits guys when they get two quick fouls. Let, let, let them learn how to play with two fouls. Anyway, so that kind of blows, you know, that kind of makes it really difficult uh, for Wiseman uh, to make an impact in, in general. But second half, he starts the second half. And I just kind of thought, um, well, the Memphis guards didn't do a great job of featuring him, of putting him in position to score. I didn't think Wiseman did a good job of creating position for himself. Now, I know Oregon played his zone. That really makes it tough for big guys. Um, but still, he's got a, a 7'6 wingspan. Again, the tallest guy in Oregon, 6'9". I thought there were instances where he could have made himself more available, whether it was just by using his body differently, by making certain cuts through the zone. Um, that, that was one thing. You know, he, This is the best talent on the floor, and he, just, he couldn't really figure out how to apply that talent uh, and have it impact the game. He... Did miss a lob dunk. I know a lot of people will say he has good hands. I don't, I'm not so sure. I think we jumped to conclusions because he gets so many easy baskets. When he's contested, uh, his hands suddenly aren't as strong. So I, I don't know. That bothered me a little bit. I will say he fights for, for loose balls and rebounds, but something about his demeanor is a little bit too, too casual. I mean, he didn't seem pissed when he got the first two fouls. I mean, Good for him for not arguing, but he kind of just like accepted it and walked off the floor. Um, his energy level just wasn't overly high. You know, he's not intense. He's not clapping his hands. He's not screaming or yelling. That's that's kind of okay, I guess. Um, but for for a big guy who's not really the skill player who needs to rely on his physical ability, sometimes you wish you saw a little bit more uh, emotion. Just in general, that's just a, a personal thing, and I really wouldn't put it into my final evaluation. It's just an observation. I did like that he made some free throws. Uh, he did knock down a mid-range jumper. Uh, one of the things I did not like was that that step back, which you know he loves in high school. He loves used to love to try and show everybody that 
he's got like a wing scoring ability around the perimeter, even though he is the biggest, longest guy on the floor, plus all that athleticism. And you see him settling for step back jumpers. He bricked that one shot he created. Uh, and the second one, he, he opted for a step back and uh, got up in the air and kind of fell on his feet, got called for a travel, never even got the shot off. You know, he's just in tight windows. He's not very good at executing one-on-one moves. You know, he's not like a, he's not like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Joel Embiid type center. Wiseman's bread and butter is getting easy baskets off dump downs, off penetration, uh, and off missed shots. I mean, I think the offensive glass is really his, his best way to score at, at this point. But anyway, I think, you know, he finished with an impressive stat line. I think it was kind of empty stats, even though he accumulated them in a short period of time, all in the second half. And listen, I have no doubt that Wiseman is going to have some monster statistical performance. I mean, he may, he may go for 30 and 20 in a game. There's just nobody in college who can match up with his 7'1", 240 size, 7'6", wingspan, 9'3", reach, and that high-level athleticism, that fluidity, that bounce above the rim. And I don't think that like Wiseman is not an NBA player. I just have a problem with putting him at number one overall uh, as the number one long-term prospect, regardless of position, uh, when you have guys like Cole Anthony and LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. So anyway, I mean, the Oregon game was really the best one to scout. It's not even worth watching the first two. He kind of made it look like he was playing against children, like he was dunking on a Nerf hoop or a, a trash can with a rolled up paper ball, all uncontested dunks. This Oregon game he had to work. He still produced, but his production really had no impact on the game. And so scouts uh, are definitely going to want to continue to see him play and hope he plays and obviously hope he's eligible. But even if he's not, see how long Memphis can roll him out there for because, uh, you know, these other guards in this draft that, that keeps seems to be getting deeper by the day. I mean, Nico Manning the other day from Arizona. Let's talk about him. There's just a lot of good players, and that's we're not even talking about some of the guys overseas. Um, and so they're going to want to see uh, Wiseman play consistently against better competition. They're going to want to see if suddenly we start to see his postgame come to life, his jump shot come to life, his ability to change a game defensively, which I think his tool suggests he has the potential to do with that 9-3 reach. I mean, he's going to block a lot of shots. But can he change a, a game defensively you know, the way Joel Embiid did at Kansas? Again, right now, I still have Wiseman top 10. Uh, I probably have him right now in that 5-7 to seven range. But nothing about his start has sold me on him being the number one pick. And there are scouts who think he has the potential to be that guy. But there are plenty of others who he kind of has to impress uh, or make a stronger impression on for them to say, okay, he's better than some of these top guards because I think the guards this year, are. Uh, this has the chance to be a, a special guard draft. Before we move on, while it's easy to talk about basketball, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or we just avoided altogether excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. The real doctor who can prescribe real medication that's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED 
all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will, will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roma will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete the online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, let's move on to other prospects who are creating buzz among scouts. And uh, to me, we have to talk about USC's Onyeka Okangu, a.k.a. the Big O, who to me is the biggest mover early on. I'd seen Okangu a, a decent amount coming into USC. I'd sat courtside at one of his games in high school. And I always had some difficulty coming to a, a conclusion on him. You know, he's a six nine center coming out of high school. You know, how how much upside can there be tied to a six nine center who isn't the most skilled player in the world? And honestly, I just didn't see him being so dominant and and looking this good offensively. Now I kinda knew he'd block a lot of shots and he has so far, albeit against weak competition. But I really think that the plays he's making right now against these inferior teams are gonna continue translating um, and carrying over, I should say, to conference play, to postseason play, and eventually the NBA. He plays with a ton of energy. In fact, the scout I just talked to right before recording this podcast said he's the Patrick Beverly of big men. Uh, he just goes hard. It's the only way he knows how to play, the scout said. And uh, you could just you could just see it. I mean, he gets the balls before anyone else does. And, uh, of course, uh, along with his physical tools, he is so quick. I mean, he's so quick off the ground, his second jump. I mean, he gets to offensive rebounds so fast. Uh, he's, he's gotten a lot of putbacks, generating most of his offense that way. And, of course, easy finishes. But some of the post moves he's pulling off, whether it's lefty hooks or quick spin moves, I mean, I didn't see him executing these this early. And uh, not only is he executing them, but he's doing it fluidly. I mean, the eye test just says yes. Everything about him says yes buy into the flashes this early, um, shown some just nice touch that I just wasn't sold on uh, coming in. And now I feel so much better about it. And again, he's he's got the potential to dominate a game inside with his defense and just with his pure energy on the glass uh, and as a finisher. And uh, he's aggressive once he has the ball. I totally am buying in to Okongwu as a real NBA draft prospect, and not just a prospect, but one of the best in this year's class. I have him neck and neck right now with Wiseman, and honestly, if you told me that Okongwu was a better prospect than Wiseman, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you. I'd want, I still want to see more. Uh, I want to see him against bigger players, against bigger opponents. I'm trying not to get too excited based on these three performances, but everything is telling me buy-in, and this is going to be somebody who... You know, I'd say goes from off the national radar to start the year too easily into the top 10 discussion. And, and again, right up in there uh, in personal rankings, for me at least, with Wiseman in terms of big men. I do think, again, I, I keep saying it, I think this is going to be uh, a guard-heavy draft at the top. Although, um, you know, I say that and then Golden State may win the lottery. And, and you know, we, we know that 
they actually need a big man as opposed to another guard. Um, the order will will have something to do with how it plays out. But anyway, I'm moral of the story is I'm buying into Okongu uh, rim protection and the flashes of offense. I spoke to one of his coaches at USC the other day, and he's like, Okongu just dominates every day in practice. You know, he sent me the uh, the eyes emoji after uh, that first game when he had 2013 and eight blocks as to tell you, like, I told you this was coming. And uh, it sure is. And he's uh, Okongu is definitely one of the guys who's generating the most buzz among players who previously wasn't on the majority of first round boards coming in. Let's talk Auburn's Isaac Okoro. Okoro, uh, draft Twitter seems to love Okoro. Um, I, I always saw more of a, I saw a role player, and that's kind of what he is right now. But um, his role player appeal and versatility is, is so obvious and so impactful and effective. And when you see his NBA body and his approach, you just know that this guy is clearly an NBA player, but he's got the chance to be one of those star role players the way Draymond Green is. He actually reminds me of Green in a couple different ways, starting with his defense. Okoro is 6'6", 225. He's got these thick, powerful legs. He gets in that stance. He can. He, so far, he's guarded ball handlers. He's guarded wings. He's guarded bigs. He'll play like a, a wall down low, straight up, can't play through me doesn't go forward um, around the perimeter. He gets low. He slides his feet. Uh, he's intense. He's focused. You have to love Okoro's defensive uh, ceiling, but also his floor. I mean, he, he looks like he's 18 years old. He looks like he can compete defensively and physically right now. Now, the question I've always had was, was his offense, and that's his defense is certainly ahead of his offense. But so far in a couple games, he's flashed a step back three. Uh, he's had some nice face-up moves from the elbow going right and left. He's had some beautiful lefty finishes. Tuesday night against South Alabama, he uh, hit the game-winning bucket after contact and won with one second left to take the lead. A few plays earlier, he attacked a closeout on the baseline and threw down a dunk. But still, he left his imprint on this game that Auburn won with his defense, but also his passing. He had six assists. He moves the ball the right way. He's unselfish. He's always looking to make the right play. He's just one of those guys where you feel good that even if he's not scoring 20 a game, he's still going to make a positive impact as an offensive role player and as an elite defender. So uh, Okoro started 18 on my board. He's moving up. I think he's one of the top forward prospects in this draft. I think it's going to become obvious uh, by conference play if it hasn't already. So uh, Okoro is certainly somebody who's given off positive vibes. He kind of, I know I mentioned Draymond Green earlier, but he's also like a smaller uh, Jonathan Isaac. Shows toughness, makes those winning plays. In fact, I tweeted out about Isaac Okoro earlier today. I put up a video of his clips from the South Alabama game, and Bruce Pearl took my tweet and retweeted it with the comment saying, stat sheet stuffer. Not many more productive freshmen in the country. I want Isaac's toughness to speak for the Auburn basketball brand. Those are the type of vibes that coaches feel with him. And uh, I think he's going to make a lot of fans throughout the season, both in college basketball and with NBA teams, you know, throughout the season and, and as we get into the pre-draft process. Another 
whole team practically generating buzz among scouts. Arizona. Those three freshmen. Whew, they look good through a couple games, or at least in that last game. Actually, the guy who's looked the best overall has been the least suspecting, Zeke Naji. He is a top recruited big man, but he doesn't get the buzz like Nico Mannion or Josh Green do. And uh, Naji, I mean, he came out with 20 points in the first game. Um, it looked pretty easy, but then he did it again against Illinois. I mean, he's uh, 6'11". He's got great hands, good footwork, soft touch in the mid-range. Runs the floor real well in terms of beating guys down it. Um, and just uh, has a, a good feel for putting himself in position to get an easy basket. Both, you know, off cuts and rolls and runs, but also offensive rebounds. Uh, he's been super efficient early. He's not a great athlete. You know, there's nothing super exciting about his game. But between his size, his hands inside, his footwork, his skill level, I mean, his finesse, he just, he's a, he's a first-round type of guy. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes after this year because there's just too much interest in him. Um, I see him as a 20s type guy uh, in the draft. He's somebody who certainly wasn't on any of my pre-draft boards coming in, uh, but he will be on my first edition after we see this good first chunk of college basketball. Josh Green is also an excellent. I mean, I've, I've always liked Josh Green. I've seen a lot of him coming in at IMG. Um, and, uh, you know, he's kind of shown everything we thought he could, but more with his shooting. He's been hot from downtown and credit Nico Mannion point guard for finding him. But, uh, again, more credit goes to Josh Green for knocking down these threes. He looks like a better shooter than he was given credit for. Um, and, uh, his defense have been, has been awesome. He's, uh, he's six, six super athletic, but he really uses that athleticism. Well, we call it functional athleticism. It's not just there for dunks and easy, fast break buckets. Uh, he is really tough around the perimeter. He moves his feet so fast, and he gets really up into opposing ball handlers' grills. I mean, he really gets low. He's constantly in his stance, which you love to see from a freshman. Always looks engaged. His head always swiveling back and forth between the ball and, and his man. Offensively, you know, he's not a big-time shot creator. But he takes what the defense gives him, and so far he's been successful attacking in straight lines. He splashed some floater touch around the foul line, uh, and, and of course he can he can play high above the rim and transition and and off cuts and stuff like that. Uh, but of course the big development so far with Josh Green has been his shooting, and uh, his defense looks, I'd say, better than advertised. He's somebody who I always had as a mid first rounder, and and. You know, I think he's somebody who can climb as high as the late lottery. Nico Mannion is the most exciting of the bunch. Started top 10 for me, and I guess probably for most. Uh, had that huge Nike Hoop Summit against Cole Anthony when he went for 28-5-5. and uh, Quiet debut for Arizona, but that second game against Illinois and Ayo Dasumo, who is another first potential first-round prospect, not for me, but I know for others who have Dasumo that high, 6'4", uh, really simulates an NBA guard physically and, and Nico um, had a 24 point nine or 23 points and nine assists and he made it look good I mean he flashed the entire package Nico of uh, pull-up shooting dribbler jumpers um, he showed off his his spot up catch and shoot three ball um, I'd say not just off spot up but running over a screen with that quick release he's very very skilled around the perimeter and his jump shot, that really gives him an edge um, and, and, and diminishes some concern over the fact he's 
not very long. He's not like super explosive. He's a good athlete. He's coordinated. He can play above the rim, um, but he doesn't, you know, explode off the off the floor or off the screen. But he doesn't have to when you have a pull up game like Nico's, uh, and you could shoot off different types of movement and and that the jump shot versatility is really going to serve him well playing on or off the ball uh, at the next level. And then his passing, Ooh, he whipped a couple of laser beams to his guys, uh, and he does a great job of balancing scoring with playmaking. He doesn't have doesn't start possessions with um, a predetermined agenda like agenda like I'm going to shoot this possession um, or or I'm going to settle in as a facilitator and show everyone that I can pass. He ta- he he makes the the right reads as a scorer and passer. That's something I love about him. He's very well-rounded um, and, and can do whatever's necessary on each particular possession. He's fully equipped to be a lead NBA guard. Again, the question with him is, if you're going to take him top 10, you got to hope uh, or, or you expect that he's going to be a quality starting NBA point guard, you know, an, an 18 and 7 guy every night. And uh, he's going to have to show that he can execute against starting NBA point guards with a, a, a negative wingspan at around 6'2", um, and, and you know doesn't have a ton of wiggle. He's good at, at changing speeds and getting downhill and attacking and catching defenders off guard, but he doesn't have that like Kyrie Irving shake and bake to his game. So uh, I, there's that question of how effectively will he be separating against NBA point guards? How effective will he be uh, making shot contested shots and contested finishes? But I think he's got too much going for him. He's clearly in that second tier for me of prospects in this draft. Not up there with Cole, Anthony, um, or or, or even LaMelo, who's 6'7", and just such a special passer. Uh, but I think he's in that, that next tier with uh, Denny Abdia, the Israeli combo forward. Um, and uh, I, I do have James Wiseman, again, in that second tier, not in that first tier with my top three. I'll keep repeating Cole, Anthony, LaMelo. Um, and Anthony Edwards from Georgia. But, uh, yeah, Nico Mannion looks uh, looks excellent. Um, I, I looked excellent against that Illinois team, and um, his confidence looked high. All signs point to him having a very, very good year and being viewed as really just a safe pick in this upcoming draft. Of course, Washington has a pair of um, high-profile freshmen expected to generate a lottery interest. Um, Isaiah Stewart, I mean, everybody kind of knows who he is, what he can do, and what are his limitations. Uh, he's 6'10", 240. He's a power player. I mean, he's a bruiser inside. He uses his strength. He's used it through his first two games at Washington, combining for 31 points. Um, and, and just, again, using his strength to create good angles uh, where he has soft hands around the basket, can knock down those hook shots playing uh, back to the rim, and that'll always be his bread and butter, getting offensive rebounds, playing through guys down low, scoring in the paint. Uh, of course, scouts are going to want to see whether he can make jump shots. He hasn't done that yet, and if he does not do that throughout the season, he probably won't be a top 10 pick. He'll probably be more of somebody who goes in the 11 to 20 range, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be in wait-and-see mode um, in terms of my rankings. He's probably going to be on that fence throughout the year for me until – we get a better feel for whether or not he is a shooter or whether or not uh, the flashes in high school were a bit fluky. Uh, I'm leaning towards him becoming, you know, a decent mid-range guy. But to me, the bigger story through a couple games has been Jaden McDaniels. Uh, McDaniels, uh, I talked about it with Cole last week. You know, when you see McDaniels, you know, just going through warm-ups, 
I mean, he does it so effortlessly. He's six nine, but he's got the actual skill set of a of a wing. And uh, that first game against Baylor was was a show. I mean, it was a a show of perimeter skill execution. He was going behind the back, pulling up in the mid range, uh, slicing to the basket, just so smoothly. I mean, smooth is just the term that really comes to mind when talking about McDaniel's. Uh, his three ball looked good. He was blocking shots. He was sliding his feet defensively. He looked like a guy who's going to provide value defensively with his versatility, um, ability to get in the passing lanes, and, and just you know cover ground. Uh, offensively, uh, again, just be a mismatch. At 6'9", to be able to do some of the things he could do around the perimeter, uh, uh, wow. Now, he wasn't as effective in Baylor's, uh, and sorry, in Washington's second game, just two of nine. And he's going to have those games. He's going to be a bit inconsistent. But I think this year is the question is how much stock do you buy into the the highlights, and how much do you put into the lowlights, which are bound to come. To me, as long as McDaniel's plays the right way, plays hard, doesn't you know have these lapses where he's just floating, and you know not taking things so seriously, uh, if he can avoid those lapses, I think he's a top ten guy, maybe even maybe the fifth or sixth best prospect. In the draft, and, and I'm willing to buy into these positives. And when he gets NBA coaching, hopefully they can unlock and help maximize all that potential. Again, that's tied to his positional tools, athleticism, and skill set, which just screams mismatch. Uh, a deeper sleeper, um, Romeo Weems, freshman at DePaul. First of all, if you haven't seen DePaul, go watch him. I mean, this is they're like the Phoenix Suns of college basketball. Uh, where you're like, oh my God, they're finally putting it all together. They're for real. But uh, they have two guys, Paul Reed, who was the most improved player in the Big East last year. So he's a, everybody knows him. Uh, that's a college basketball fan. Uh, and Romeo Weems, who's the freshman. And if you follow recruiting, you know Weems too. But uh, he's looked really good, Weems, so far. He's he's the most exciting prospect. Maybe a two-year guy, but I think his potential is obvious. Six six, big-time athlete. Uh, he's knocked down some threes. He's shown some excellent passing skills and, and defensive quickness. Uh, I talked to some DePaul coaches who were like, this guy uh, has a great basketball IQ. He's very coachable is the term that they used. His defense is ahead of his offense, but the flashes of offense suggest that there's potentially more to come down the road. And, and again, if his, D can ca- if his O can catch the defense, um, he is uh, he's going to be a really exciting prospect. And then Paul Reed, who... Uh, so improved last year and has taken his game to a new level this year. DePaul, who just whacks Iowa off the floor the other night. Uh, Reed went for 25 points. Looks really fluid and smooth around the perimeter. He's a 6'10 power forward, but he's knocking down threes. He's shooting dribble jumpers. Uh, he's scoring on the move. He just looks like a very polished offensive player all of a sudden. And if he could stay good, uh, stay engaged defensively, and we've seen it so far, sliding his feet, blocking shots. He had four steals. The other night, uh, Reed is going to be somebody who generates uh, first potentially first-round buzz as well. A lot of a lot of guys this year. I mean, we can go all day and just give mentions to to, to guys who are showing flashes. I, I watched the Gonzaga game the other night. They played North Dakota. Anton Watson for Gonzaga at 15-8. and eight. He's a freshman. Uh, get to know him. I mean, he Gonzaga's loaded. They're going to have a lot of blowout games, and his stats aren't going to be crazy. But he's a 6'8 athlete. Um, who plays at both ends, mostly inside, but he, his jumper is going to eventually start to click, and, and he's guaranteed to generate some draft buzz, whether it's this year or next. 
uh, Corey Kispert is somebody who's been a role player for a couple of years and now suddenly is averaging 20 a game. And uh, everything about his game screams pro. An elite-level shot maker uh, this year so far, at least. Uh, off spot-ups, off screens. He, he's shot the pull-up. And he flashes this high basketball IQ that really just uh, bodes well for his role-player potential. A few guys I've been disappointed with to start. Scotty Lewis from Florida. He's such a lovable player because of his intensity and his athleticism. But his offense, uh, it doesn't look like it's ready to unload. 0-4 in his second game. Uh, He's coming off the bench for Florida. Uh, I suspect he's actually, just based on the start, and and I didn't think this coming in, so maybe, again, this is a knee-jerk reaction, and maybe he figures it out midseason. But based on his first couple games, he looks like uh, a two-year college player. So a little bit uh, disappointed in Sky Lewis' start. The the Kentucky guys, uh, Ashton Hagens, who uh, I guess he's hurt. Uh, That's what Calipari said. He just didn't look like he had it in Kentucky's brutal loss to Evansville, as one scout told me the other day. He's like, I just don't think he's good enough offensively to be an NBA player. And then Khalil Whitney hasn't been particularly good. I wasn't very high on Whitney to begin with. He was not on my first-round board uh, coming in, and he just looks like a guy who just doesn't know how to use his talent, doesn't know how to score in the half court uh, unless he's making a set jumper, um, and and doesn't know how to score in general unless he's in transition. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really understand what his game is at this point. He's he's an obvious talent because he's six six, and you can make outside shots and, and slash using that using that athleticism. But I don't really see what he brings to the table in the half court. It demonstrated some some low IQ plays. So uh, I, again, right now he doesn't scream one and done to me. Oh, and before I sign off, one more guy deserves a mention for his uh, breakout play through you know two games or whatever. Mamadi Diakite from Virginia. Uh, he just looks like the real deal. I, I know we saw flashes last year, but this year he's coming out. I mean, the last game he just played uh, where he had 18 points, uh, hit a smooth three to open the game, hit a couple mid-range shots. Uh, he was attacking. Cl- he, he got a dunk off uh, by attacking a closeout. He's 6'9", really known for his uh, ability to disrupt defensively, but he's taken his offense to a new level, uh, particularly around that perimeter. And he's guaranteed, especially with Virginia, you know, probably going to be another good team. He's guaranteed to, to generate some NBA interest with his particular offensive skill set that pairs with his defensive upside. Start putting Diakite on your on your draft boards. Um, somebody who's clearly going to be a good college basketball player, but I think it's going to start to translate to NBA draft buzz this year. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I'll be back next week. I don't know what's going to happen with this Wiseman situation, but I'm sure we're going to address it very shortly. Next week, we'll also get to to more LaMelo Ball, uh, more Cole Anthony after he's played a couple games, more Anthony Edwards. Uh, We'll touch base with some of the international players, uh, anyone who I didn't touch on this week. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon.